0: You're listening to Process with Broads and D-Ray.
1: What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the third episode of Processed. We are recording this on Sunday, so it is Easter. I hope everybody enjoyed their Easter because this will be released on Monday. D-Ray, what are you up to today?
0: Hey man, I'm chilling, chilling. Obviously, I'm, I'm not at my studio, so... You know, a little different look, but I'm chilling. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. It's not yeah. like we can leave the house, so we yeah. are trapped inside having a smaller Easter this year, but it will be very entertaining, very fun, share some laughs, have some good food. So that's what it's all about. Exactly. So what we're going to do, though, we're going to slide in some time to talk some basketball because that's <laughs> what we do. We breathe this sport, so we need to talk some hoops.
0: Oh, man, let's do it. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> so we are going to start with... A report that came out there, was I guess it was an article, not so much a report, by Bleacher Report. And they put out the top duos in the NBA from this season that stopped so suddenly on us. And you wouldn't believe where Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid fell. If you had to guess, where do you think they put him at?
0: I mean, obviously we're going to say top 10. I can't think of nine other, I can't think of 10 other, shall I say, duos that are better than them but something tells me they didn't fall there What you're talking about it yeah yeah they did it oh they did it they fell 14th How far was
1: it? 14th so i guess you would say just around middle of the pack and i believe that that is nuts
0: yeah no that's 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 crazy hold on
1: the way i describe uh, Bleacher Report, yes. The, the way I describe this is, I don't know if you follow pro football focus, but they always throw out these grades where this guy's great, this guy's elite, and this offensive line's the best in the league, and it's full of shit. I put this in the same exact category.
0: Yeah, this this looks like clickbait. This looks like clickbait. All right, so they're 14, and right behind them is Trey Young and, and John Collins.
1: That's what I wanted to see. It wasn't so much about... And we're going to get through this list and, and look at who was one, who was two, who was three. But real quick, when I saw them at 14, to me, the first thing I thought about wasn't to see who was one. It was to see who they were surrounded by. And you have... John Collins and Trey Young, along with Devin Booker and Ricky Rubio, right above them. That's not even a duo. That's a one man show.
0: Yeah, these aren't like these aren't fair. Like these aren't like dude, they just took the the top two players' each team and called them a duo? Like to be a duo, you gotta somebody gotta see both of y'all. and Be like, all right, this is a problem. You know what I mean? It's not. If-
1: The thing is, though, I, I don't feel like they just threw this out there and said, oh, let's see what happens. I believe they truthfully believe that this is the list. They actually believe that this is true. Now, what type of statistics and analytics they use to come up with these answers, I don't have that information. But I don't think they just randomly said, all right, let's start pissing people off and throwing it together. They believe this.
0: I I, I don't know. I feel like that's exactly what they did. This this is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is another level of bad. No. No. No.
1: Number nine. All right. Well, let's... No, we're not going to jump around. It makes sense to start off with number one. Right? I mean, that makes the most sense. Number one is Giannis and Chris Middleton. To some extent... This is very similar to Devin Booker and Ricky Rubio in terms of... This is somewhat of a one-man show. Now, I'm not knocking Chris Middleton. He has value. They paid him a lot of money. He can knock down shots, and he's a good Robin, if you will. He's not the greatest Robin, but that's his role.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It's a one-man show. The Greek freak is the star of the NBA.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's, that's what I mean. I feel like this list is some bullshit. That's not... I mean, Chris Middleton is a bad MF. You can't you can't take that from like you said, they paid him shit, a shit ton of money. He's doing his thing. He's up there in free, uh three point percentage, but not a duo. I, I would have to give LeBron A D the, the the best one. And they they got them at number two. But if I had to talk about like the best duo when they're on the floor and they're clicking together, I, I'd probably say LeBron A D right now.
1: I couldn't agree more. LeBron and AD—they complement each other so well. Of course, you
0: couldn't agree more. LeBron, well, what
1: do you mean? I, I'm not—you said it first. You said it. I'm just coming in. And, you know what I mean? I'm just coming in and agreeing with you. The way they play together on the floor—I didn't know how LeBron was going to react coming back from the injury and and playing point guard his as his legit role. Adding Anthony Davis, I didn't know what it would be like. This is what I love about this, and this is where my LeBron love comes into play. AD without LeBron, good player, and he's at the top of the league, good player— LeBron has totally changed everybody's opinion on Anthony Davis because he's playing so well. And it's obvious to me as a basketball fan that Mm -hmm. LeBron is creating so many opportunities for AD. Now he's delivering and he's hitting those shots because he is a good player. But what LeBron has done to AD's career this season is insane.
0: All right, I'm going to say this. This is the first time in a while... LeBron has played with another player this magnitude and it's been, oh my God, it's working out. So I'm going to give respect where it's due, but this ain't common. This is not common as of late. LeBron, as of these past couple of years, he gets a hand on like some of these youngest stars and all of a sudden they got the Space Jam juice. What happened? I'm not saying that he's a bad guy. I'm just saying if anything, this is uncharacteristic for LeBron. No, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no. Do you remember that, that shit that he brought to the NBA Finals with Cleveland? J.R. Smith, who doesn't even know what the time left is on the clock. He was bringing crap to the Finals every single year. It wasn't about having that superstar. He was bringing slop.
0: What do you mean every single year? The year before that they were in the di- No, no. You can't say every single year. Okay, every, yeah. year
1: every year is pushing it.
0: Oh, God, he had Kyrie and Kevin Love most of the... Well, not Kevin Love, but Kyrie most of the year.
1: No, they were injured. They were banged up. They were injured. They weren't able to play. And here he comes with me and you on the floor, (laughs) ready to go to the title every single year. So it's not as if he had these outstanding players mm-hmm. all the time. He did it with those guys. I'm not denying yeah. that. And he did go to Miami. and He did team up with players. But even when he didn't have those players, he still did. Do I have to bring up Iguodala's MVP again? That finals MVP and the numbers that LeBron averaged?
0: you, the you I love it. I love it. He got away with one. I love it.
1: So number three on the list, now that we got the LeBron conversation out of the way, although I do sense that it might come back, is James Harden and Russell Westbrook.
0: I understand behind that one.
1: You can. See, I disagree. They are two great players but I don't see them as this ultimate duo. So we just talked about LeBron and AD and how they mm-hmm. play well together. And I would even say that Chris Middleton and Giannis play well together. They complement each other. It's not like Chris Middleton doesn't complement him, he does. Mm-hmm. This is just two guys playing isolation ball. Hey, you stand here and you do isolation. Then the next time down the court, I'll play isolation. And Russell Westbrook to me is a guy who has great individual talent, but it never results in anything.
0: I get that. I get that. But this is the reason I stand behind them. Some duos are just like that. I think of Kobe and Shaq. Kobe could obviously get a bucket whenever he wants to create his own shot. He throw a lob every now and then the Shaq were behind the back pass on the trail, but Shaq didn't need him to get a bucket. So I feel like, yeah, like they don't exactly work as well and complimentary as LeBron and AD do, but that's a duo in the sense of when both of them are clicking, you're not beating this team. And to me, that's what I define a duo as. That's why I say I'd probably put Paul George and Kawhi in front of them, but that's that's not that bad. To me either.
1: Harden and Westbrook to me, Will will be a, a duo that doesn't really work. I don't I don't watch them and say damn, you know, like damn, it, it's got to be tough to go up against these guys. I, I I just don't see that. Maybe it's I have a strong not hate. I don't want to go hate, but I don't like Russell Westbrook. I think he's a very athletic player and he always plays hard. It's not like he's a lazy guy. But his stats are going in the wrong direction. He can't mm-hmm. shoot the ball from three. He doesn't relate to winning, in my opinion. That's all. For some reason, his style of play doesn't relate to winning. So that's why I don't like him as a basketball player. I don't know if I would want him on the 76ers.
0: Oh, no. I, I agree with that completely. He's definitely a stat chaser. I mean, I-, I think he's a winner. But at the end of the day, if it's about which one would you sacrifice. I don't feel like he's willing to sacrifice too many stats. For the sake of winning, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think the problem in Houston just stops with him. I go as far back to say it's Mike D'Antoni's issue. I don't feel like they're ever gonna make it look right down there with Mike D'Antoni leading that team because he's such an offensive coach. If the offense is being taken care of, cool. Nothing else seems to matter, and that's what kills them every year when they actually got to play some, you know, some defense, some consistent defense. Shall I say?
1: You mentioned stat chasing. Yeah. Some people would say that's what Ben Simmons does. He gets these triple doubles. It's all about, oh, look at the triple doubles. It's not so much in terms of points because he's not a big point guy, Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. But he he just worries about the triple doubles in the regular season. I'm not going to lie to you. As much as I love Ben Simmons, my biggest fear is he turns into a Russell Westbrook in terms of mm-hmm. here's a guy who's super talented individually. He's very athletic. He plays super hard. But it doesn't relate to anything. That that's always my biggest fear that I never really said before. Just deep down, that's what happens when I watch the two play.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. I could see that that's a that's a fair fear. I definitely could see a scenario where he's just out there. I mean, we talked about it last week. We talked about like the three-point shooting. It's like three-point shooting at the end of the day, it brings down his percentage. You know what I mean? That's a stat that you're trying to secure. If everything is Take it from me. If everything is a dunk or a layup, I got a pretty good field goal percentage. At the end of the day, that's a stat that matters. It doesn't matter just what you shot from the field, but it's how often did you shoot and what's that percentage like. So I could definitely see that. I think players nowadays are a little more cognizant of how quickly those things, you know, translate to dollars or or cloud or whatever you want to call it. So I don't think that they're bad guys necessarily, but you ain't going to win with a guy who's always counting in his head either.
1: You got two contracts sitting in front of you. One says James Harden and Russell Westbrook. The other says Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. What are you signing up for?
0: Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid.
1: Okay. I I think I would lean the same way. I think I would lean the same way. But James Harden, though, he's, he's something. But once again, is he a guy that by himself, will be able to deliver a championship? I don't think so. We are hoping that one day Ben Simmons grows into that. We already somewhat know that James Harden isn't going to be that guy to an extent. I, we don't know if Ben Simmons will or not yet, and I guess that's kind of where we're at. At least that's how I feel. Do you disagree with that statement?
0: I, I'm, James Harden is weird to me, man. He's a weird case because he's a guy who you know can play defense. And obviously, that's a lot of people's knock on him. Um, I, he's, he's a walking bucket. And I feel like they need to get some defensive pieces around him. Like, I do think he's the guy to lead a team to a championship. Um, but not, not the Rockets. Not what their scheme is now. But like I said, I, I take that problem as far as Mike D'Antoni. To me, every team Mike D'Antoni has been on. You think about, like, I, I'm, I straight up say it. When the Knicks had Amari Stoudemire and Carmelo, love what they had going on. And Mike D'Antoni got his hands on that, and I was just like, it was all offense. You can't win championships with just offense.
1: Absolutely. Hey, (laughs) you're preaching to the choir over here, baby. Let's go. Love that thing. I'm about to start smacking the floor right now. You're getting me so juiced up. Coming in at number four, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Uh, Excuse me? Exactly. Excuse me? Yeah, See, this is where I think somehow analytically – they came up with this based off of how well the Miami Heat did this year. So they use some sort of algorithm to come up with these two players. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Once again, we date this too. You have two contracts in front of you: Ben Simmons and Joel, or Jimmy Butler and Bam. It's a no-brainer that it's Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid.
0: Yeah, it's not even a question. That's not a. I'm not saying that's not a though. I love Ben. He, he's he's to me. He is the definition of be the MVP of your world. He don't do nothing uncharacteristic. He goes out there, he knows exactly what his job is, and he does it to the fullest. But him and Jimmy Butler is the best dude. The fourth best dude.
1: They have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George behind them. That's disrespectful. I mean, that's just straight up disrespectful. Kawhi Leonard, did you watch last year? Did you see what he did? Now, it's the best duo of this season, so that definitely is a factor in this list. Come on, Paul George and Kawhi? how are they behind jimmy and bam
0: i mean they they had some injuries this year and their year was kind of weird i'm kind of disappointed in that too because i honestly thought that was going to be the best duo you talk about probably two top five two-way players i ain't gonna probably buy it you have two top five if not top three two-way players i put them in the same conversation with clay thompson as far as A guy who's going to give you a buck on offensive end, but you can depend on him time and time again on the defensive. I thought coming into this year they were going to be the best ones, so I ain't going to lie. I am kind of disappointed in them, but they're not better. I mean, they're not worse than Jimmy Butler and Bane.
1: I'm I'm disappointed too, but I think that plays a factor because of how much they did the load management process. It would be Kawhi one night, Paul George the next night. Both guys got injured, as you talked about. They were a little banged up here and there. They just didn't have enough time to play together on the floor. More, I mean, they didn't play as much as we probably would have hoped. But they still are two lethal weapons, and both of them are better than both of Jimmy Butler and Bam. So, we laid it out a couple of times. Jimmy and Embiid, or, I'm sorry, Joel and Ben Simmons, or certain players, uh, Kawhi and Paul George, I'm taking any day of the week over Ben and Joel.
0: I'm cracking up how you just had some words thinking, like, Jimmy and Embiid, ah. Not anymore, but but yeah, no, no. I got to take the part, George. The maturity, the experience, too lethal. They're not two-way players in in the sense of they're guys who are going to give you something on defense. No, these are guys who can be in the running for defensive player of the year but be top 10 in scoring.
1: I love – you know how much I love Ben Simmons. I'm driving him to the airport. If this is possible, I'm driving both of them. And I don't know if Joel Embiid will fit in my Mazda 3. Uh, He might have to, I don't know. We might have to tie him to the top because I don't know if he would fit. But I am driving both of these guys right to the airport and I'm picking up Kawhi and Paul George. That's a no brainer. It's not even a conversation. It's not even a conversation. But what is, and this might be the best comparison and I don't know if people are going to love that this is the best comparison, but at least this is how I see it. At number six, it's Jokic and Jamal Murray. And I feel like that might be the most realistic comparison to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. In our eyes, as Sixers fans, where we love these two and we fell in love with them, trust the process, I, I feel like people might hear that and maybe throw up in their mouth a little bit out of disgust. But when you look at the league as a whole and you take some steps back and you take away the fan of you, I think that's a good comparison.
0: Bros, I ain't gonna hold you like I, I agree with you on that one. For sure. And I could see why at first it wouldn't seem like it because the eye test, it's like, oh, well, you know, Jamal is—he's a, he's a hes 2-3 a and, you know, Jokic is just a point forward or whatever. But it's, all right, you got one guy who can score, but pretty much is looking to pass. And, you know, that's his skill set. And then the other guy, he's a microwave in some ways. He's looking to score. But the way they play off each other more than anything, I think you got to look a little bit deeper than just the stats and the way they play. But I agree with you completely. Like I said, the eye test, that's why some people are going to say it doesn't make any sense at all, but it's like nobody looks like Joel Embiid.
1: Right, right. Yeah, you're, they're very unique in their own way. Jokic, though, he's just out of shape guy. He might be the best to relate to Joel Embiid. Out of shape. He's dribbling the ball up the floor. They run their offense through him at the top nice. of the key sometimes as if he's the point guard. It's so funny to watch this guy, and he just has a unique style to him. It's not traditional. It's uh, He's fat. He's out of shape. Now, Real quick, did you happen to see that video on Jamal Murray's Instagram story by any uh, chance? Yeah. Uh, no, we're not going there? Alright, <laughs> next up, next up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, listen, hey, that's part of the storyline, right? Hey, I don't know. Anyway <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was hope I was like, if he brings this oh, up. Oh, I'm bringing it up.
1: What I loved is the fact that he tried to play it off as if that wasn't him and someone right, hacked man. him. And that's your girlfriend. It's literally his girlfriend.
0: Hacked.
1: You think he got hacked?
0: Oh, you got, hell no, he ain't going get hacked. It's <laughs> like you gotta double check for so you, share. You know what I mean? Like he just you can tell he just clicked and put the phone down. Probably got a phone call in like 20 minutes, like, yo. That wasn't just the right,
1: listen. That wasn't twenty minutes. <laughs> it was during it, which probably ruined it. And then you know it doesn't. You know anyway. So <laughs> I'm still taking Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid over this this combination.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I will say this: it'd be interesting to see what those two do in the East. Wow. At the end of the day, they're on Denver. Okay. I, yeah. Well, I
1: I think this is a a good conversation to have right now. Would you think that these two players? Jamal Murray and Jokic. Do you think that those two could win a championship? Because right now, I'm sitting here saying no. And I'm relating them to the two stars here in Philly. So what am I saying? Am I saying that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are similar to that?
0: No, I, I feel like Joel and Ben have more firepower to to, to win a championship. It's, it's weird. I'm not saying they, they're not better than them, but they're better than them. They're more equipped to win a championship than those two. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't see them winning, no.
1: the, Well, look at Denver. They are at the top of the West. They compete at the top of the West. Mm-hmm. They would be lethal in the East if they were third seed in the East. Maybe it's a different conversation about them. Maybe they just get thrown under the radar because they are in the West with the Lakers, with the Clippers, with Houston. So I don't know, but I don't look at those two and say those two can deliver an NBA championship And I'm relating them to the two guys here. So to an extent, that somewhat concerns me. Maybe this was an awful idea to have this podcast. No,
0: no, no. (laughs) We got to talk about it. I'm going to say this, though. And I will say this about the West. Because they were there last year. They were there last year. And when you started the the playoffs, you saw what happened. The West is a little more uh, veteran, you know, veteran uh, served. So the playoffs for them is a completely different story. And it's weird. Like, when you you look at the, the collective of Atlanta, Look the collective age of the Sixers. Look the collective age of the Pacers, um, the Bulls. The East just seems to be younger right now. So with the West, yeah, you could be there for the throughout the regular season, but their playoffs, then vets hit that switch, and you're dealing with a completely different team. Yeah, I'm that's why su- I think they're gonna make it out of there.
1: I'm, I'm gonna suck myself back into believing because <laughs> I, I've I've been on the record so many times with this. You, you got to be in a certain age group to win NBA titles because it's a grown man's league. So right now, Jamal Murray is still a young player. He still has plenty of time to grow, and he's very fascinating to watch. These Mm -hmm. guys, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, they're not in that age bracket yet to start making legit runs. They are younger, and you look at the West, you are more veteran presence team. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you're absolutely right. It it does have something to do with that. Number seven, seven, Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. (laughs) No-brainer. Once again, I'm driving them to the airport just based off of Luka Doncic. I would switch places because I think this kid is legit. He has that it factor. Like, there's, it's so rare to have that it factor to the level he does, and he has it.
0: Yo, when he got drafted, I said that he was going to be as good as he was. People thought I was smoking dope. Yeah, I would have said was... the same thing. <laughs> listen, listen. First of all, everybody forgets the first time we saw him was when he came over here and they played against the, uh, the Thunder in that game. But that league he's in, that Euro league he's in, where a lot of guys who don't work out in the NBA go over there or guys from over there come over here, excuse me, to the NBA. He was in that since he was 15. He was playing against grown – he was in a grown man's league, legitimate 30-year-olds, and giving them work since he was 15. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I don't think it's – I don't think it's hard to believe. He's just battle-tested. But I don't think he's championship material either. Wow. I feel like you got... Not, not with Porzingis. I'm not scared of that. You're scared of that? I wouldn't give those up, them up for Ben and Joel.
1: I, I would, based off of just Luka Doncic. And we just got done saying that experience matters. He is super young. He is super yeah. young with a skill set that is disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. I mean, he can literally do everything when he's 27 years old it's going to be dirty and it's going to be worth watching and it's going to be worth having him on the Sixers if that's the case I'm sorry I, I would have to do it for Luka Doncic I mean I- I'm sitting here telling you I would almost do it for him alone I would oh, give up both for him alone your poor Zingus is the extra like dude I'll give you an extra three dollars <laughs> <laughs> oh dude, damn right give me that extra three bucks I'm sorry I would have <laughs> to do it I think he is super special and he will be and remember draft night Trey Young and the Mavericks—they did it. They did a swap. It was the the Atlanta Hawks and the Mavericks, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. Both players, I would say, are phenomenal players and have bright futures. Think about Trey Young's position here. It's almost as if people look at the Hawks and say they got fleeced, yet they're still getting a starter in the All Star game in Trey Young.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're they're definitely leaders of the new school, but. You can't win a championship without defense. And neither Porzingis or uh, Luka Donis play phenomenal defense. Now they scrubs? Are they completely hiding? No. But that, that's to me, when I think of Joel and Ben, that is the first thing. They do not get their respect on, on the defensive end of the floor.
1: They should. Uh, they should yeah. this year because I think, Ben Simmons has a strong case of defensive player of the year. There, there's no way within the next couple seasons that Ben Simmons isn't going to get credit for what he does defensively. It, it might have taken a little bit of time for him to get noticed, but it's sort of like Rudy Gobert. Once he was known as this guy who is that defensive player, it just it sticks with it sticks him. With you. And I think yep. at some point, it's going to end up sticking with Ben Simmons. And with Joel Embiid, it, it's... Kind of already has, no? I mean, he's one of the best rim protectors in the NBA.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Darby, I mean, because he was in the race for defensive player of the year a couple of years back. They have acknowledged him, but just like I said, with Ben Simmons, and if those are your two best players, and they take defense that series, it's, to me, it's only a matter of time.
1: I'm with you. I hope, I hope you're right. Number eight, the next two are actually really interesting when comparing them to the big guys here. Number eight is Damian Lillard and McCollum. And I just want to use those two as an example of you can have a great season and then the next year come back and it not be so great. And it doesn't mean it's time to blow everything up. And you literally had the Portland Trailblazers making a deep run in the Western finals last year, Mm -hmm. not last year, the year prior, then they return and they have a bad season I always love relating that to the Sixers. They are in a bad season this year. But because they have a bad season this year, it doesn't mean that they're screwed forever. The same Portland Trail Blazers team, for the most part, with the same stars, which is what matters the most in the NBA, went on a legitimate run to the NBA Finals one year, and the next year they didn't have a strong season. So it it doesn't mean right now with the Sixers that they're having a bad season. We are doomed forever. That's all I want to say.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I can't follow that shit up.
1: Well, well in, in this city, it's time to start trading everybody. Who can we get? I'm seeing reports about let's trade everyone to go get Devin Booker. Let's trade everyone to go get Chris Paul. I, that, that's just overreacting and being upset.
0: I mean, that's what fans, that's what fanatics do, shall I say. You know, at the end of the day, it's like those decisions, You the, the sports teams, they can't get too high too low. As fans, we want to see this shit happen yesterday. I get that. We've been trusting the process for a while, but – I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's not time to just just throw it all, you know, nail everything in and just walk away.
1: If you had a trade on the table that said Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard, are you making that trade? Because I remember when the Ben Simmons talk started, there were a very limited amount of people that I said I would actually do it for. And Damian Lillard fell on that list. That dude is is legit. And, And I do believe that. That would be. That's not something I instantly say no to. Which majority of the time it is. That's something I at least have to recognize, sit down, and process if it's really worth it. And I would lean towards yes. I think Damian Lillard is that type of guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a dog. He's a dog. He's a dog. And I've talked on here before about having that point guard that can, you but know, remember, kind of play. No between. Ben
1: Simmons though with your yeah. scenario.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you have that 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 guy who can you know kind of have that one-two position that we really need and can score the shit out of the ball. And if Joel's doing what he needs on defense, like yeah, I might have to take that one.
1: Okay, so even you would do? Would you do the duo, or are you just doing? If if we're just hypothetically speaking, you keep Joel Embiid and you would trade Ben Simmons for?
0: for oh yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking the whole duo. I'm I don't think I would the do the
1: duo, duo either. But that's if- that's
0: another duo who I said I don't see any defense. You know what I mean? Two guys who can give you a combined seventy a night if they really wanted to, but not a lick of defense.
1: Is that the league though? I'm thinking about the Golden State Warriors right now, and Clay Thompson, for as offensive as he is, the dude is something else defensively as well. No, we, we locked lockdown right, and Draymond Green brings that defense as well. So I'm just trying to think: is that the league? Is is the league though a bunch of guys who can score? But not really play much defense. Now I'm thinking of championship caliber teams, though, and and they do have both. I'm just I'm just trying to spitball in my brain here. Is does it matter if you can't play defense individually from a star standpoint if you're surrounded by people like Draymond Green who can kind of provide that for you?
0: Yeah, but I I, I think there's something to be said about like the Warriors. Are obviously, the first catalyst, as good as they were on offense, like that is a. Defensive juggernaut, like we said, like you have two top five players. Like, Draymond Green is a top five defender, you know what I mean? Like, it, it sucks to say at times, but he really is. Like, he covers multiple positions, he's always in passing lanes. You know, he's he's good for a couple blocks. Like, that is a top five defender. Klay Thompson, a top five defender. Like, he's one of the best. I, I put, I put Kawhi. Paul George, and in him as the top th- – in that order, the top three on-ball defenders in the league. Steph, yeah, they hide him from time to time, but he disrupts defense. People forget, like, during those years they won, they had Iggy, they had Sean Livingston. Like, the Warriors were as good on defense as explosive they were on offense, and that's why they ran off all those championships. You need defense to You need defense. Tonight.
1: Where would you put Ben on that on-ball list?
0: On-ball defender. Uh, the
1: difference is those guys – well well not not Draymond so much but the other well no I'm sorry Draymond wasn't on that list. That list was can you repeat it again? It was Clay or Kawhi Paul Kawhi George.
0: First. Yeah, yeah, and Clay. Kawhi Paul George and Clay is top three.
1: Those guys are legitimate shooting threats as well which just makes their game a, a totally different level. Not that Ben's not a threat downhill, but their threats downhill and shooting the basketball as well which just makes them that much more
0: elite. Yeah, it's funny cuz he's flip-flop cuz a lot of times like you'll hear guys say like what really makes somebody a three or a four is the fact that if you can go out on perimeter and defend a three or a four, and all of them can do it because they're already good on offense, you don't have to worry about it. But with Ben Simmons, like you said, with the outside shot, it's kind of a knock. But to be honest, I'd rather have everything he has and a guy who plays defense versus a guy who can do his thing out there on the wing, but couldn't stay in front of an orange cone if it's like dependent on it.
1: Number nine is Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker. Now, I, I think Jason Tatum is a guy that's going to be one hell of a player in this league. And Kemba to me is is if you could point out a player that is above average he's in that good category who makes all-star games but he's not a starter and he's more towards the back end of the all-star game who just has a really decent career that's Kemba Walker he's not special to me he's definitely not bad he's definitely not average he's somewhere in between he is an all-star but he's not like an elite player he's just good I I don't see how they're ranked this high on the list.
0: I gotta disagree
1: you gotta disagree you're a Kemba guy like a disagree. legit Kemba guy
0: I'm not a legit Kemba guy I'm, I'm a fan of Kemba I will say that but not like through and through like I said another guy who once I see the defensive end of the floor it's like eh. you know what I mean it kind of turns me off but this duo of him and Jason Tatum when those two are clicking I don't see anybody and the, the Celtics quietly had a good year you know what I mean like it wasn't the loudest year out of them but they quietly had a good year and I would I would say in large part, if these two are doing their, their thing, you can't stop them.
1: I think Kemba Walker, I always relate this to, this is how I would say if, if a guy is it or not, if, if I would sacrifice going out and getting that player. Uh Can you replace Kemba Walker? Is he a guy that you can find another player in the league to do what Kemba does? Maybe not exactly, but it wouldn't be the hardest thing in the world to replace Kemba Walker, in my opinion. It's not that ridiculous to think that you could find an NBA player to do what Kemba Walker
0: does. I feel like Kemba Walker is a more aggressive Drew Holiday, a less aggressive Dame Willard. So no, he's not that. I'm not saying he's not that hard to replace. He's not a high-caliber player in both of those guys, but he's it's it's not like a unicorn. It's not like, you know, Porzingis where it's just like there is nobody else who has this skill set at that height at that position. So yeah, I, I agree with you.
1: From individually I would rather have Ben and Joel than both of those players. Like, I, if you're if you're talking about individual talent, I think individual talent, the Sixers have better talent than they do in terms of the the duo.
0: Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah.
1: you don't think Jason Tatum is better than Ben Simmons?
0: No. No, I, I love, I think as Philly fans, we get so stuck on the Jason Tatum thing because it's like, oh God, we could have had him. But it's just, at the end of the day, his game doesn't, I couldn't imagine him and Joel on the same team. You know what I mean? That games don't seem to really complement each other. I think Jason Tatum will take off once he starts to like, you know, really lock down on defense. He's a lanky guy. He can kinda of, he gets in passing lanes from time to time, but obviously there's no shortage of him in his first, what is this, his third or fourth year on offense? Like he will be one of the goats, you know if he stays in the Celtics uniform. But it's just he going he's another guy. He needs some defensive piece around him to win.
1: So you're not doing the you're not doing the trade off. Hell no. Okay. No. I, I think that's very debatable. I think that there would be a lot of people out there that would say, yeah, why not? There's this... there's no this, book. yeah. I'm telling you, there would definitely be people. And the narrative that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid doesn't work together... I don't get where that has come from. Where has that, why is that a narrative that these guys will never ever work together in Philadelphia as if their games don't work? I I don't see that being an issue. I think when you look at numbers this year, it didn't work with Ben, Joel and Al Horford. Now, if you take Al Horford off the floor, Ben and Joel have numbers that look pretty damn good in this league. Did you know though, that with those three on the floor, Joel Ben and Al Horford, their offensive rating was worse than the six. Not, I don't. I don't remember if it was exactly worse or just as bad as. But either way, this this matters. Just as bad as. Let's go with the process years here in Sixers land.
0: I could believe it, man. That's 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 stagnant. That is a stagnant ass offense. Who's cutting? Who's moving? Who has the ball? Who's taking the shot? Like there are too many question marks in there. And like I said, I, I don't. I got the utmost respect for Al Horford, but I don't think his role for this team is out in front. I think he's that veteran guy. You know what's funny, bro? Jimmy Butler actually said on that podcast we talked about in the last one, when he started talking about, they said, Who is a guy? And obviously, it was in a different context. They said, Who's a guy who you wouldn't want to bring uh run into in a, in a, a dark alley or something? And he said, Yadonis has them. He also mentioned him as one of the OGs of the league. I feel like that's what Al Horford's role is on this team. Look at you! Look he, at he, you! Seriously,
1: patting yourself on the back over there for bringing <laughs> bringing Haslam up a couple episodes ago. Oh, you're such a genius!
0: <laughs> I'm serious, bro. I feel like his role is that guy that's just number one. He's a great voice in the locker room. He takes great pride in it. He can teach the younger guys things. But is he the one out in front? Out front? Uh, not necessarily. But do you need him? Hell yeah! But I don't know if he is
1: the guy right now, though. That's the problem. Is he the guy? This is very similar to Doug Peterson last year. There was a time where the locker room fell apart. Alshon Jeffrey, is he the guy? Josina Anderson's in the mix. The biggest part of Doug Peterson's coaching is keeping the locker room together and having the guys rally. Well, if he's not doing that, well, what's he there doing? Very similar to Al Horford, if his if his role is to be that locker room guy and it's not, it's he's not doing that based off of playing poorly on the court, not really enjoying what's going on this year. Then what is he actually doing?
0: Yeah, I think he. You know what I'm saying I think he needs to take a step back. You just said it, playing poorly on the court. It's hard to be that guy in the locker room and a guy who goes out there and performs a certain way and gets x amount of minutes. If you're eating up x amount of minutes and you're not doing what people feel like you need to with it. You ain't going to get in the locker room and be hurt. You know what I mean? You dial back those minutes. Now his voice is a little more loud because you don't see him out there on the floor as much. But for him to be the guy that, like you said, when he's out there on the floor with the top uh, two players, there's nothing's going anywhere. And then to come in the locker room and hear that same guy tell you something, you can be a little quicker to be like, all right, bro, whatever. You know what I mean? So I think they need to just style that just a little bit.
1: No, I, I agree with that. And for him yeah. to be the stretch four now, popping all those threes, I don't love it. But there are plenty of times where he's wide open. He is wide yeah. open and he's just not making his shots. And that goes on him for not yeah. making his shots. If he is open, we're talking about a pro basketball player. Now he doesn't need to be taking eight or nine threes. That That is a little ridiculous in my opinion. The stretch four did not work for him. But sometimes it was on him just not executing as well.
0: No, absolutely. I can't even defend him on that. You got to make the shots that they they give you, especially if you're the guy on offense is open. But like I said, if you dial down his minutes, you know, he goes from, I don't know, 18, 19 minutes to about 10. All of a sudden, no shots. You can dictate him a little bit more. He's a little more ready. He's not as, as winded. It's just there's a million things we can say about Al Horford. I just don't think he should be out there in front as much as he is.
1: Couldn't agree more. Now, we're going to skip around a little bit because there's one duo that really stands out to me. At at 10, we're at 10 at this point. CP3 and Gallinari, I don't think that's even a conversation. 11 is Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, although now you're hearing reports that Donovan Mitchell is not even going to acknowledge Rudy Gobert anymore based off of what happened. I don't know how serious those reports are. Shams from The Athletic is the one reporting it.
0: That shit don't even sound right. If they have a problem... Of something from the season, and this was it. Yeah, but you telling me he got he's sick of him because he got sick with him.
1: What well, like, did you did you see what Rudy Gobert was doing?
0: Yeah, I get that, but okay. it's just like that's enough to break up two max guys.
1: Well, I think this is why you need context. What if I'm just saying? What if? Donovan Mitchell told this guy a million times. Yes, and he would it, and he would it, and he would it, and he would it. And then at some point like, dude, I literally have the coronavirus because of you. If it gets to that level, I can see it being serious. If it's it's a one-time thing and it was very accidental and it's clear that Rudy Gobert is upset about it and he's bothered by it and he made a mistake, I think it's a, a different way to feel. But if it's the scenario we laid out where he was constantly like, yo, dude, get the hell away from me, and he wasn't then that's a problem. Now, I almost felt for a fake Twitter account by uh, Barry. Do, do you know the famous Twitter troll Barry? No, no, uh, no Barry, my cockener? That, that's no, no. uh Okay. Uh, he puts out these fake tweets, and he goes crazy, and he he changes his Twitter picture to famous people, and he tries to get people sucked in. Well, he put on a long thread about how Donovan Mitchell told him, I told Rudy Gobert to stay away, but Rudy felt so passionate about him, he started kissing him on the lips, and I'm like, what is going on here? What the hell is this? And I started reading it, and it got so obnoxious, and I'm like, hold on, this has to be Barry. So I clicked on the account, little did I know about that. It was yeah. Barry. Almost got sucked right into it.
0: I was about to say, this shit's like a game of telephone. <laughs> this, this is a story to get passed from person to person.
1: Those people, though, uh, Barry, they no, like Barry has been all over the place. He's been on Fox Sports, he's been on ESPN. There was a There was a report about um what's his name um colin kaepernick getting signed and people ran with it now i don't know if that was barry or not it might have been another internet troll but it was written in newspaper articles it was written all over the place and it was a fake twitter account That's a
0: damn shame. Yeah, yeah, he, read, read yeah, those read those
1: damn it. at signs because that'll That's change the saying? difference he but the problem was he was actually um tagging Adam Schefter. And Adam Schefter would reply to every tweet saying, I did not say this, because he's tagging Adam Schefter. People automatically assume that, well, if Adam Schefter's saying it, they don't dig deeper. That's
0: the problem, man. It is is the the problem.
1: problem. All right. Here is the one that I think is interesting. To an extent, because I think Pascal Siakam is going to be a really good player in this league. Mm -hmm. Kyle Lowry and Siakam. I'm not saying that I I would do the trade for Ben and Joel because you saw that without...
0: Kawhi Kawhi Leonard, it's not the same. It's not even a game.
1: But Pascal Siakam has now arguably been the most improved player two years in a row, and I don't see it stopping. You would think at some point he would cap out, but I don't see him stopping anytime soon. Maybe you wouldn't do it for the two guys that we have here, but what do you think about that duo as a whole?
0: I love them, and I honestly would swap them out for Jason Tatum. I would put them in that eight slot, if anything, Um, if not higher up. The, the, the fact they, what did they finish? Second in the East post Kawhi? Like, everybody thought after Kawhi, this team would be over. You know yeah, what I was I mean? one of them. They're, I was yeah. definitely one of them. <laughs> and they, they still did they thing. I root for Kyle for my own personal reasons. We know that. But, like, they I finished. I don't think in you're going
1: to like my Kyle Lowry take then. Oh, man. Dude, listen, listen, listen. It, it's, 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 it's weird Ain't because you would think that that would be something that stands out to me. And it does. I get it.
0: He sells the shit out of the charge.
1: He bitches so much. It kills me. I get LeBron complaints. I get these guys complain. It's part of the NBA. This guy... I don't get it. He is the <laughs> biggest bitch in the world, in the world. See, I'm a Pat Beverly guy. You might drop 60 on me and I look stupid, but you wouldn't know the next possession that that guy was going for 62 based off of like how I'm playing defense against you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't care if you have 65. I'm going to play with that attitude. Like, I'm going to play with that way. But Kyle Lowry to me—if a finger touches him, he throws the ball. He looks around. He's complaining offensively. He's just a bitch, and I can't stand it. I don't even give him Philadelphia props. That's how much I can't stand him. And this is coming from a South Jersey guy, which is a huge violation. Your thoughts?
0: <laughs> I cannot. I cannot disagree, more, man. I love Kyle. Don't get me wrong. I don't get me wrong. The times I had to play against him, I hated him. He he is a pain in the ass. I'm pretty sure a lot of guys around the league would say that. But he's a winner, and I think the most admirable thing was that was his team last year. Kawhi came in, did his thing, and he took. I'm not gonna say he took a back seat, but he let that guy be that guy for the sake of a championship. To me, I had to give hats off for that. It's like I ain't about to sit up here and 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 write read off the damn you know. Call him on how great Kyle Laurie is, but god damn, I, I, I gotta give him the damn Philly props. Nope. He, he looks out for us.
1: <laughs> Philly people don't bitch like that.
0: <laughs> He's a little theatrical. He, he, he gets his bags sometimes. I'm questioning, his bag. I'm
1: questioning your knowledge about basketball. That's what I'm oh, doing right now.
0: My nah, <laughs> God, man. God, man. God. <laughs> Brian bitches.
1: Oh, no. Everyone bitches, but it's to what oh. level of a bitch do you take it? As it's he is on another like, level. Like
0: it's the fact that Bron looks like Thanos, and he complains the way oh, he does. Kobe never complained. Saying, I'm not saying he don't be getting like flicked, or touched, or whatever. But it's the every time, bro. Kobe every time. Kobe, Kobe was not complained. that bad. Kobe was not that bad. Did he ever? Nobody. Complain? No, he complained, but he was not that bad. He was not that. Bron gets hit, lays down for ten minutes. Gets up all dramatic. Get your big ass up. Like I'm not saying.
1: Time out right now. While I agree with you, how you don't say the same about Lowry though. That's hypocritical because he's like six foot. (laughs) It's a different dude. But it doesn't matter. He's still acting. He's still complaining. He's still pretending like it was a big deal. Oh, I can't stand him. I can't stand him. I I swear, I would beat him one on one.
0: (laughs) Hold on, quick, quick story, quick story. He's one of those people that are not. I, I really and I hate to blame it on this. It, it has to come as competitiveness. He will not let you win. One time he came back and played with us in the summer, and he was like, "It was the young. It was the young guys versus the old heads." And obviously he's on the old heads team. He told us we're going to a series of five, and we won the first. We won three games, and he was like, "No, nah, we're going to seven. This is league shit." And he kept calling travel foul um well, he see, to him me put. that's
1: embarrassing that's it you're defending <laughs> my point right
0: now but the bottom line was like he ain't gonna let us win and I feel like that's what it is those guys in the NBA as much as I give LeBron shit it's just like listen the is like I'm not gonna lose for the sake of looking like the bigger man I'm gonna walk away with the ring
1: no 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 no, no. listen see you are oh so, <laughs> you are defending me it's great so he's losing right He's losing, so he's like, "Hold on, let's let's add games to the series so I don't lose." Right,
0: yeah, I they, they pulled the old head rule. Yeah, I like that th- shit. that's
1: problem number one. And and then we're playing pickup ball, and this guy who's all about grit and D and and just playing almost. He plays a style of like street ball out on mm-hmm. the court, right? He's gonna start calling travels. Oh come on, he's a <laughs> but, loser. But that's the,
0: oh, but it won't just be travels. It'll be charges. It'll be all that. And LeBron is the guy who has those issues and leaves. Oh, don't!
1: Leave <laughs> LeBron wins in three, and he doesn't even have to extend it to seven. That's what he does. What a joke! All right, we're going to end with this. That was phenomenal, by the way. That's fantastic. <laughs> Kyrie and KD were not on the list because they yeah. didn't play together. Which, yeah. hey, listen, if they if they start the season back up. What if what if those two just came back ready to play and they dominated the league? That would be something. Now, obviously, that's that's not going to happen. But where would you put them on this list?
0: Ah, that's hard because I got to be honest, I don't have a ton of faith in that duo. It's a lot. Really, you're a KD
1: guy though, right? I mean, look
0: to me, KD's the best player in the world.
1: In the world, yeah. Over Kawhi, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you that I, I might not like KD. I don't hate KD either. I don't really have an emotion about him. Like Kyle Lowry, you bring up that name and, uh-oh, here comes the face that turns red or LeBron's name gets brought up. And I'm like, oh, let's go. I'm a smiling, right? With KD, I, I really do enjoy watching him play from a style of play. I mean, it's perfection. The way he can, like, shoot off the dribble is crazy. He just, oh. oh, it's smooth as hell. So I really do enjoy watching him play. Like, the greatness is beautiful to me in sports so he is definitely that but I don't have that passion about him when I hear his name I just feel he's a little bit soft and insecure when it comes to you know Twitter and whatnot which is a fair assessment I'd say
0: yeah yeah I I can't defend him on the Twitter thing he got caught with that burner account I
1: don't know if I could put him over Kawhi right now only because this this is the only reason why I say that Kawhi won with the Raptors, who had great pieces, who went on beautiful runs during that playoff series. There's no way that Kawhi would have won without Kyle Lowry with Siak and with Van Vliet coming off the bench, and Marcus Gasolik. Like, they wouldn't have won without the pieces. That's how championships work to an extent. You need superstars but I haven't seen KD do that yet without the Golden State Warriors. So, you know, without Steph Curry, without Klay Thompson, without that team, until I see him do that with a Toronto team where you have a Kyle Lowry and a Pascal Siakam, who are good players, but they're not on the level of Curry and Klay Thompson, until I see that, I don't know if I can put him over Kawhi. So is he he second? I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not putting him over LeBron either, so he's third on my list, but I don't think that's disrespectful to him. That's just showing how elite the top are.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely think that's fair. I still got him with Kawhi just because of what he has grown into in the defensive end. Obviously, it's not Kawhi, but it's it's way more efficient than his OKC days. Um, and I'm hoping that he does what you talked about, which is taking the team to a championship with Brooklyn. I'm hoping they get the pieces around them. I kind of think that was the whole point of getting a, a DeAndre Jordan, hoping you could get the pieces around them that make that, that team whole enough on a defensive end to where they could win a championship because I think they are similar in that way. You know, I, I do think that they are two guys who they kind of, you know, they jump to their own beat. That they, They're just a little bit different than a lot of guys in the NBA, um, but Kawhi has it and, and KD doesn't. So I got to give you that. I gotta
1: give you that. Yeah, the, the the duo would be interesting though, because Kyrie is a good individual talent. He struggled when he wasn't with LeBron. I mean, LeBron mm-hmm. went to Cleveland, and they went on that run. Before that, he was on the Cavs and they stunk every year. Yeah. They weren't anything special. So adding KD will definitely help him. They're boys, so I think that would maybe help the the locker room stuff. You go to Boston and you don't have someone as your and You know, they're definitely good friends. So I think that would be huge yeah. for that type of culture. But there is something to be said about how much noise surroundings Kyrie in the locker room. So I don't know how it would work out if I had to put them in the list. It would be hard just based off of how great Kevin Durant is and basing this off of me believing this is an analytical approach to the list. So I would I would have to put him somewhere Underneath of that, Kawhi and Paul George, I would say maybe just outside the top five, maybe six, seven.
0: That's what I was saying. Yeah. Maybe six, seven. I I would put them above uh, Jokic and Murray.
1: Well, here's the problem like Jimmy and uh, and Adebayo's in there. I I would put them over them, but they're in the top five. So I would have to rewrite this whole list as we would have done anyway. But based (laughs) off of this list, uh, it would probably fall, if I had to guess, in that six, seven range.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be interesting. It's it's fun. I think people forget the emotional component with those two of Kyrie and KD. You're dealing with two guys who are kind of tired of getting called number two when you have these like number twos. You know, it's crazy to think that somebody can consider those number twos. It's ridiculous. But these number two type of guys, um, you put them on the same team together and the emotional component would make it seem like that's going to make sense off bat. Like They're going to figure it out for the sake of saying we didn't keep getting called at number two. We went out there and won one together. But that's it's only one ball, and that's a lot of iso buckets. You know what I mean? It's going to be funny how they kind of mold each other's game around it, but that's what I'm saying. I can't wait for it. Uh, sorry, I can't wait um, until we get the next season. So I'm looking forward to seeing that in real time.
1: And they fired Kenny Atkinson, which is very, very odd at the time. And yeah. you know, I, I like what he brought to the table. Is, is he the coach? I don't know. To me, he's he's another coach in the NBA that's just a, a little bit above average. He's nothing special, he's nothing awful, but he can totally get the job done if surrounded by the right pieces. Only time will tell though. So yeah, so we'll uh so hey, with that being said. I think this is a perfect time to end episode three of Processed. They will be released every Monday and Thursday at 6 a.m. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah, so with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you next time.